What's up, folks? It's Reggie with People Like Games, and this week on Story Mode, we're talking Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. Let's get into it. Like usual, we'll talk about the man behind the scenes, legendary American novelist Tom Clancy. Clancy started out as an insurance agent before penning and selling his first and one of the most influential pieces he's ever written, The Hunt for Red October in 1984. You've most certainly come across his work outside of video games, other massive titles such as Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. Clancy sold over 100 million copies of his books throughout the years. Movies based on his books have also been huge box office hits. And if your dad is like mine, you've probably seen them a million times with huge actors like Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, and many more appearing. Clancy's first licensed games were based on The Hunt for Red October. And eventually in 1998, the Tom Clancy's series would begin, starting with Rainbow Six, based on the book of the same name. Next came the Ghost Recon series, and from here, the books would start to be created around the games as opposed to the other way around. Here's where Splinter Cell comes in. Now, I've already told you that the games weren't necessarily based on the books, so this is where it gets a little confusing. Development for Splinter Cell began at Ubisoft with some inspiration from Metal Gear Solid. Designer Clint Hawking even said that Splinter Cell owes its existence to the series. The prototype, known as The Drift, had heavy sci-fi elements that would eventually be scrapped, but many of the concepts developed for The Drift would end up making their way into other Ubisoft properties, such as Assassin's Creed. While The Drift was originally more action sci-fi oriented, the team decided to compete directly with their biggest inspiration and lean more into the stealth action genre, even going so far as to internally call their game the Metal Gear Solid 2 killer. To do this, a heavy focus was placed on the lighting of the game. Unlike many stealth games to that point, which used objects for cover, the lighting system was integral to movement and gameplay, as exposure to light made character Sam Fisher exposed to enemies. The series has been pitch black ever since. Now, I say it's confusing because Tom Clancy had basically zero involvement in the development of the game, and that includes story-wise too. He was basically the kid in the group who does no work, still puts their name on the paper, and gets 100. And what's even worse, when books finally were released around two years after the original game, they weren't even written by Clancy. Many of the modern books bearing the Tom Clancy's names are simply endorsed, and I feel like I've been living a lie for all these years. Back to the point though, Ubisoft saw how well Tom Clancy's games would sell and had already been in talks with him to develop a game while the drift was being worked on. With the Clancy name and the shift to stealth, their new title was poised to be a massive success. And successful it was. Upon release in 2002, console and PC versions of Splinter Cell were hailed for that lighting system I mentioned, and the game was directly compared to Metal Gear, with some critics calling it the next step in the evolution of the genre. By 2005, the series had flown past 10 million units sold, and through 2013, another six games would be released. That's where our story starts to fall apart though. While Tom Clancy games have still been in development, we haven't seen a splinter cell since Clancy's death in 2013. But there is a ray of hope for fans of the series. In 2020, we got announcements for both a VR adaptation and an animated series premiering on Netflix. We'll just have to wait and see if we actually get those. But that's all I've got time for today, folks. Let me know if you're excited for the return of Splinter Cell, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Story Mode. Peace.